Thanks for joining us at Warehouse Church. We would love for you to stay connected, and a great way for you to do that is to simply subscribe to this podcast. You can also stay connected throughout the week by checking out our website, warehousechurch.com, or by visiting our Facebook or Instagram pages. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Father in heaven, you are faithful then. You were faithful then. We know, God, how much you are faithful now. We thank you so much for meeting with us today. We thank you for our Warehouse Church family, for friends watching all over the place, Lord. We pray that today, as we open up your word and talk about something that's very, very sacred to you, that you would move in our hearts, draw us closer to you, and use us, Lord, um, to demonstrate your faithfulness uh, to our community around us. We love you and we thank you. Bless us as we read and understand to study your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good morning, Warehouse Church, friends and family. We so appreciate you jumping online with us today and being in our church service today and just meeting with us today as we talk about something I think is so important for us to understand that is sacred to God in our community. And we tipped you off on Wednesday night last week when Kim and I talked, and we talked about uh, this, that, that we were going to be talking about today, that the sacred time of the Lord's Supper or communion. Uh, Wednesday night, we asked you if you wanted to drive by and pick up one of these, uh, we, these little two-in-one communion cups that has a wafer on the top and the juice on the bottom. But as we kind of are preparing to get into this, towards the end of my message in a few moments, we're going to be taking communion together. If you weren't able to pick one of these up, I just can I encourage you maybe get a small glass or just a small cup of any kind of red juice or uh, something, you know, I would say maybe not soda, but even some water or some kind of juice uh, that you can partake of this with and maybe a little piece of a cracker or something like that. If, if you weren't able to go out this week and, and, and pick one of these up, or if we weren't able to deliver these to you, it's not that we are eating the same thing. It's just, it's what it, this is going to symbolize uh, for us together, unified as a church, as we take the Lord's Supper uh, together online today. So uh, as I get started today, if you need to, you can pause it. I'll still talk. Uh, as we're going through this together, and, and go ahead and grab something that would symbolize the elements of the Lord's Supper. And uh, towards the end of my message today, we're going to be sharing and praying over that together uh, as a family. So I want to read for you uh, in Luke chapter 22, the story of the first time that the Lord's Supper was shared uh, as Jesus led uh, his guys, his disciples uh, into, into receiving these elements and praying over this with the Lord. And you have to understand something that's very significant about this. Uh, when Jesus Christ shared this, it was really, uh, in, in the disciples' mind, it was, uh, there was a, a spiritual uh, celebration that was happening in the city of Jerusalem and for all Jews. And they were already uh, going to, to, to uh, celebrate the day of, the, of unleavened bread and the Passover, and it was a big celebration that was happening in the, the city of Jerusalem for Jewish folks all over that region and really all over the world. This was important time. So when Jesus sent his guys out, go get a room, go get the, the food and the drink, it was really something that they did. They ate dinner together. Uh, they shared these times together, but they really didn't understand 
the significance of this special time that Jesus was going to have with them. So I want to read this for you in Luke chapter 22, and you'll see the verses on the screen as well, uh, verses 7 uh, down to verse number 20. God's Word says that, Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, Go make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare for it, they asked. And he said, as you enter a city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house of the enters and say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks, where is the guest room that I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you, he will show you a large room upstairs, already furnished. You make preparations there. They left and found things just as Jesus told them. They found the elements, the food that they were going to be eating together uh, for that meal that day. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you, for I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and gave it to them and he said, this body given for, this is my body given for you, do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. So when Jesus first, the very first time that we read in the word of God in, in the gospels that Jesus shared this time that we call the Lord's Supper or we call communion. And it was a very, maybe you've seen the picture, uh, the very famous picture that was painted years and years ago with Jesus in the center and the disciples kind of all leaning in. Uh, it's probably not very accurate because at most tables people would be facing each other. Uh, but maybe there was some accuracy to it as far as uh, the historical timetable that it was in with the way that they were dressed and things like that. But it was just like a supper for them. And they sat down and, and Jesus said, listen, we're going to have some supper right now. We're going to eat together right now. And I'm going to talk to you about the symbolic nature of the things we're going to partake of. But you have to understand, this was the last thing. That's why it's called the Last Supper. This was the last really personal uh, discipleship time, if you will, communion time that Jesus had with his disciples before he was taken away, arrest, illegally arrested, illegally tried, crucified, died and rose again, the gospel story of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and his resurrection. This is really the last kind of special intimate time that he had with his disciples. And he was telling them during this time, he said, listen, I want you to take this, this bread. This, this bread symbolizes my body, which is going to be broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He took the cup. This symbolizes my blood, which I'm going to pour out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. These guys were scratching their heads. They didn't know what he was talking about. They didn't have the understanding maybe of the Holy Spirit. Maybe they just were blinded by their own personal expectations of what they thought God or Jesus should be. But the fact of the matter is when Jesus instituted this Lord's Supper, he was doing it for some very special reasons. So we're going to talk about why the Lord's Supper. Now we understand the sacred moment that Jesus had with his disciples. But why did God in his word tell us this is something that we should practice that should be Part of the practice of the New Testament church, 
Why is it important? Why do we do it? How do we do it? Who is it for? And why is it important for you and I to do today to understand why it is sacred to God? So the Lord's Supper communion is sacred to God. The origin of it, of course, is Jesus Christ doing it with his disciples, sharing it with them there that day. But we're going to read from 1 Corinthians 11 because what was happening in that church, they were doing it wrong. The Lord's Supper was something that was dividing the church. A whole group of friends together and said, well, those people over there are doing things that we don't agree with, so we're going to meet privately and have the Lord's Supper together because we're not unified right now. And Paul said, wait a second, that's not the way this is supposed to be done, and shared with them how they're supposed to share the Lord's Supper together. So the origin of communion, we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, we're going to be reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and a couple verses from 1 Corinthians chapter 10 as we go through this together today. Uh, The origin of communion, it says in 1 Corinthians 11, Paul said, I receive from the Lord that which I'm passing on to you. Now that is a great big giant statement, has so many implications Because we understand that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, the Bible tells us in uh, 2 Timothy 3.16. It tells us in 1 Peter that God breathed into man, breathed, inspired man, the Holy Spirit spoke into the hearts of man. And these men of old wrote these words down that God commanded them to do. So what Paul was saying is, I'm telling you something here today that God told me to tell you. So Paul was speaking from authority. He was speaking God's word into the lives. Listen, to the church at Corinth, to all the churches that were going to receive this letter to understand how they should do the Lord's Supper properly, and to you and I today, because the origin of the Lord's Supper is is to remember the, the broken body and the spilt blood of Jesus Christ for the purpose of unifying the local church. We remember Jesus and what he did for us, and that should bring us together as a, as a local New Testament church. So we understand the origin of it. God told Paul, remind them what Jesus said. There was a big division in the church. And Paul said, you guys aren't doing it the right way. This is how you're supposed to do it. What I'm telling you is what God told me to tell you. So that was the basis of his authority. The participants, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 33, so then, my brothers and sisters, when you gather to eat, you should all eat together. Communion is for the whole church. We talked about last week how the church is sacred to God. And there are perceptions of leadership and perceptions of who's more important to the church. Remember we said last week, The very, very smallest, maybe least part that you perceive inside the church is the most significant, right? So it's for the whole church. We do this together. It's why we're doing it online and in church today so that we can share together and be unified in the fact that we believe in the broken body, in the poured out blood, in the forgiveness of sins, in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is what unifies us. And church, if we remember what unifies us, it helps us to put apart things that aren't, aren't significant or aren't important that sometimes we make important. Because I want you to understand something this, this morning. When Jesus celebrated this time of communion with his disciples, it was, a, it, was a, it was a supper. They sat down together. Listen, you know, for a lot of families and, and really for all of our families, Supper or dinner, now there's an argument of when supper or dinner is. We're just going to talk about a main meal of the day. 
But supper was very, very a sacred part of not only the Jewish tradition and their religion. At the end of the day, they would sit down together and they would break bread and they would eat and they would talk about their day. They didn't have Facebook to talk to. They didn't have Netflix to lean on. They weren't talking to social media. You know, it was, it was interesting. We were at camp a few weeks ago. And I was so impressed with our students that were at camp because a lot of times, this happens in church as well, a lot of times when we're in a situation, when we're talking to a bunch of people, we're in an audience, we always have our cell phones on, right? Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. There could be people following along with version this morning or uh, maybe taking some notes of, of the message. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm giving them the best case scenario. But the truth of the matter is there are some people saying, hey, honey, where do you want to eat lunch today? Or, hey, what's going on? Or they're checking on something else that's going on because we're very, it seems like we're very, very, very personally connected to our devices a lot better than we are connected to people today. And we have to guard ourselves against that. And I would encourage you as a family, make your family dinner time or supper time sacred. Put your phones down, turn them off, look at each other in the eyes, talk to each other, engage with one another, face one another. And I know kids and students hate the idea of that, ah, it's the last thing I want to do. I'd rather be talking to my friends or doing something else. Moms and dads, your kids need that. And we need to make at least sometime during the day sacred. In the Jewish tradition, this supper time was very, very sacred uh, to Jesus and his disciples, even just in the fact that it was Passover. But to God, the communion table is a sacred place for the church. And we're going to talk about that why in just a moment as, as you and I are welcomed participants this morning. So the elements in the action, we're going to read in verse uh, 23 through 25. Paul said, that what I, re- I received from the Lord that I'm going to pass on to you today. The Lord Jesus, this is what he's saying. This is a historical and factual account of what he says should happen when we take the, the, the Lord's Supper. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, and one of his betrayers was at that table with him, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, he gave thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you, do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and he said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood, do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. So many of you received, if you're with us at church this morning, there, was, there were these cups that were, uh, you know, hermetically sealed, passed out on your chairs with gloves today, untouched by human hands before you had it to make sure we're all safe, you know, especially during this time we're supposed to be very, very safe and clean and all those things. But these were on every other chair. Maybe you came by the church this week and picked them up uh, from, from one of our ladies on Thursday or Friday. But the elements of the Lord table, of course, are the bread that's in the top of your cup or the bread that you pulled out from your kitchen this morning. And it's just a small wafer that it, there's nothing spiritual about this piece of, uh, of bread this morning or this cracker. Matter of fact, it really doesn't even taste that good. Uh, but there's, there's just the symbolic nature is this is what we do. We're, we're eating this bread to remember Jesus' body that was broken for us when he was crucified, paying for your sins and paying for my sins. And then they're very, it's very, very important to understand that the, the juice, the wine, the cup, whatever you're drinking this morning, uh, symbolizes the blood of Jesus Christ that was poured out for you and I because the Bible tells us without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. Jesus shed his blood. Now, we're not drinking blood, okay? It's nothing weird like that. But we're drinking something to remember that he poured out his blood's 
uh, his blood for our sins. So those are the elements in the action. We eat the bread, we drink the cup. When we eat the bread, we remember his broken body. When we drink the cup, we remember the blood that he poured out for our sins when he died on the cross of Calvary. But then there's this idea, there's a mental consideration and a spiritual application. The the thing that Jesus wants you to think about, right, when you're taking the Lord's Supper together, it's not just the way we're going to close that church day. It's not just a spiritual exercise. Whether you grew up in any other denomination where many churches do uh, communion every single week. We do communion about once a month or every other month, and we try to make it very special for the reason that we're doing it. We're doing it today because we're talking about things that are sacred to God, communion or the Lord's Supper is sacred to God. And this is the reason why. Not only to remember what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross of Calvary, but he wants you to think about some things about your own life when you do remember the death and and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He says in 1 Corinthians 11, 27, whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. The mental consideration before the spiritual application is is for you to take a moment and pray. And pray what it says in the book of Psalms. Search me, O God, and know my heart. And try me and see if there's any wicked way in me. And lead me into the paths of righteousness. You pray this morning and say, God, is there anything I need to make right with you? And is there anything I need to make right with anybody that's in my life or in this church before we unify together and celebrate the Lord's Supper? This is why the, 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 the communion or the Lord's Supper is referred to as the cleansing agent to the New Testament church. Now go back to what, now I know this is a lot of historical stuff, but I want you to hang in there with me because this is so relevant for us today. Paul talked to the church at Corinth. They were divided and taking the Lord's Supper and say, you guys are missing the whole point of the Lord's Supper. This is supposed to unify us as a church, not divide us as a church. When you take it, do it in this manner. But when we do it, it says we ought to examine ourselves. Self-examination. Take some time and look in the mirror of your heart and say, God, is there anything in my life that I need to make right with you. Can I tell you something today, church? If you ask that of the Lord, he'll just gonna show you something because I don't know if there's ever a time in my life where I've prayed that prayer and God didn't remind me of something. You know, maybe you need to say something to that lady over here. Maybe you need to talk to your wife about a conversation you had with her. Maybe you were a little coarse in your tone. Moms and dads, maybe you need to make something right with your kids. Maybe you were not accurate or, or a little stern maybe in your discipline or, or maybe didn't pay enough attention to your, maybe just something in your life that you know that you need to make right with your kids. And that's hard to do, but the Bible says when you humble yourself in the eyes of the Lord, he will lift you up. Your kids will respect you if they know that you know that you're not perfect. They already know you're not perfect, but sometimes they think we think we're perfect. Maybe it's somebody in the church. Maybe you're mad at me. I hope not. I, was at a, I did a communion service years and years ago. I was first in the ministry. And I'll never forget this. I stood in front of the church. Some of you that have been in church for a long, long time can remember the communion table in front of the church. And boy, that was just a very, very sacred piece of furniture. 
And on front of that table, it was engraved, this do in remembrance of me. And there was always a big mega Bible opened up on that table and some flowers and some stuff like that. And when it was communion time, we would take that stuff off and put the big golden uh, circles of the mini cups and the little tiny dishes of the, of the wafers we would share together. And it was, you know, it's a very, and it is, it's a very important symbolic time and it's supposed to unify the church. And I was talking to the church about this and I said, listen, before we take this, I'm gonna ask our musicians to play a song and then when they're playing the song, we're all gonna stand up. And if there's somebody in this room you need to make something right today, where you need to lean over to your husband and wife, you talk to them and say, please forgive me. Please forgive me. I'm sorry I hurt you. And we could talk about it later. But I, want, I need to be restored to you before we, because God wants us, that's the whole point of the Lord's Supper is to unify the church. And as I was saying this, we bowed in prayer. The music started playing. And it was wonderful. We just saw a movement of God happen in our service that night. Uh, we saw some families. I saw some people walk across the auditorium. And I bowed my head and I thanked the Lord for what he was doing in people's lives there that day. And then I got a tap on my shoulder. Pastor, pastor. And the guy back at the sound booth turned my mic down because it was coming all the way through to the rest of the crowd in the auditorium. I said, yeah, hey man, what's going on? Can I pray with you? He says, yeah, I need to make something right with you. I've been mad at you for the past three months. And I said, what have you mad at me for? And he said, this and this. And he, and he, and he kind of uh, read off to me like a little bit of a list of things that he was frustrated with me about. And then he looked at me and he said, I'm sorry because I've been wrong. And he says, I know that you're doing what God's called you to do and I don't want to get in your way and I need to know if you'll forgive me. And I'm gonna tell you something, it just rocked my world. Gave this guy a big hug, we prayed together. God did something special and you know what he did? He unified the church that night. And I know with the social distancing and how do we unify when we're kind of scattered right now. And, and that's the challenge of this. But you know what? God's word and the work of his Holy Spirit is stronger than social distancing and us having to be separated for a while right now. That's what's so beautiful about your phone. Shoot somebody a text. Hey, can I get five minutes of your time to talk to you today? Call them up and tell them you're sorry. Lean over to your wife. Hit pause if you're watching this at home. Tell your husband or your wife or your kids or somebody you need to make something right with before we receive the Lord's uh, communion this morning. And make that right with them. And allow God to use this to restore those relationships and honor God in that. But the spiritual application of this is this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 16 and 17, God's inspired word says, Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation of the blood of Christ? Is not the bread that we break a, particip a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf, we who are many are what? One body. And that loaf that we share is a symbolic, symbolic. It's not the literal. When, when you take the Lord's table, you're not literally crucifying Jesus Christ all over again. And some churches teach that. But the Bible teaches us that the work of Calvary was already done. He died once. He rose again once. And that was enough to take care of the sins of the whole world. But as we remember and take these symbolic um, elements of the Lord's Supper this morning, the spiritual application is this. When we make things right with one another, we talked about this last week, the church is sacred to God. If the hand says to the eye, if the ear says to the rest of the body, right? All these little things that, 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 that Paul was using in physical 
uh, kind of a physical allegory of saying, listen, if the body says this to the body, is that the body needs to be unified. The body works better when the body is all functioning as one. And he was talking about that as a church. The church body functions better when we are one. And, and, and what Jesus was telling us through the Apostle Paul, use this as an opportunity to protect your unity. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, brothers, it is good for brothers to dwell in unity. And what Satan wants to do in this church is he wants to get in and divide us because he knows when we're not together, we're very, very weak. But when we're unified, our church is very, very strong. The spiritual application is it protects the unity of the church. And here's the last thing this morning we'll share before we receive the elements this morning. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty nine. It says, for those who eat and drink without discerning, considering, without considering the body of Christ, eat, eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have even died. But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged by this way, by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. Jesus is saying, if you do this and you don't consider a brother or sister you need to make something right with, if you do this and you're not doing it spiritually discerning what God's trying to teach you that day, then you are eating and drinking damnation unto yourself. Now that sounds like hellfire, brimstone, harsh, 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 right? But here's what Jesus is saying. Use this for the right thing. Don't do it for the wrong reason. He's saying, don't be callous. Sometimes our spiritual disciplines, we can become very routine in those things. Well, I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to, you know, come to church. I'm supposed to write a check for the offering. I'm supposed to, or online giving or whatever you do. I'm supposed to teach a class. I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to do this. And a lot of times we look at our spiritual disciplines as almost a grocery list that we check off. And when we're done, we can go move on to something else. Don't be callous towards it. Don't get the been there, done that mentality when it comes to these very significant things we do for our relationship with the Lord. I wonder what would happen if all of us today, while we are partaking of the elements of the Lord's table, would take a moment, ask God to forgive us of our sins. Ask a friend or a family member to forgive us of our sins or maybe something we did to hurt them. Make some kind of gesture of unity to something to some brother or sister you have maybe a bad feeling against. And you know what happens when those things happen? God forgives and he is glorified because of it. Don't be, ca- don't be callous towards these things, but here's what, here's what the apostle is also saying in this thing. Don't be careless. If you do these spiritual disciplines and you don't do them in the way that God told you to do them, you're being careless He says it right here with your own health and possibly even your own life. Now listen, I'm not saying that God's up in heaven mad at us all the time, getting ready to throw down lightning bolts from heaven because somebody forgot to confess an unconfessed sin. What I'm saying to you is sometimes we can have an attitude where we're callous and careless towards the things of God, and we're only doing it because we're worried about what everybody else thinks and not worried about what God thinks. If you really are searching for the heart of God in your life, you will pray. You will submit, not just because you're afraid. That's not what this is about. It's not about fear. 
It's about a true, deep love for our Father in heaven who gave us His Son, Jesus Christ, so that we could have a relationship with Him. And we honor Him. The Bible's filled with passages of this principle of honor, and we want to honor Jesus this morning as we remember what He did for us on the cross of Calvary. So I'm going to pray over you this morning. And after I pray over you, we're going to receive these elements of the Lord's table together. And I just want to ask you, if you're sitting with your families at home today, gather yourselves together. Don't all just be looking at the TV, okay, or looking at the computer. Sit in a circle together and put the elements together. Share them maybe the way that the Lord did. You know, I love that. We did a thing with unleavened bread a couple years ago, and we can't do that now because we can't all be sharing the things that we touched. But we had tables set up, and we broke that bread, and we poured that juice, and we shared it that way like you would at supper. Think about it that way as we're receiving these elements this morning. But let's think about the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and what this symbolizes and why this is sacred to God. It's sacred to God because his son is sacred. It's sacred to God because his church is sacred. It's sacred to God because your life is sacred. Let's enter into this time this morning with a heart that's asking for forgiveness and reflecting on the sacredness of our Lord Jesus Christ. This morning, Father, as we receive the elements of communion this morning. May you be honored and glorified. We thank you that we have these things to share this morning. We can do this online. We can do it live with our church family. But I'm so thankful we can just partake of this together and ask you to search our hearts that if there are things going on in our lives today that you would cause us to make those right with one another. Husbands asking for forgiveness. Wives asking for forgiveness. Friends asking for forgiveness. Church family members asking for forgiveness. Lord, this restoration that you desire for us to experience is why you died on the cross of Calvary. So would you forgive us of our sins? And would you help us to honor you as we unify our church body together, remembering your broken body and the blood that you poured out. Before we receive this this morning, if anybody's with us today and doesn't know you as Savior, that just before we take these elements today, that they would enter into a personal relationship with you by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just believing it like it's a historical fact, Father, but believing it and receiving your love in their heart, receiving your gift of salvation inside of their heart this morning, Lord, and becoming one of your children. And dear friends, if that's something you know that you want to do today, would you just, just have a moment of prayer with me this morning and say this prayer to the Lord, not to the TV, not to anybody else around you, but if you desire for God to forgive you of your sins and to come into your life and save you, the Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So would you pray and accept Christ in your life this morning? You pray this prayer with me this morning, right where you're sitting. Say, dear Father in heaven, would you please forgive me of my sins and come into my life? Thank you for your broken body and the blood that you said, shed so that I can be forgiven this morning. Thank you for being alive today so that I may forever live with you. Father, thank you for saving me. 
Thank you for loving me. Use me, Father, and help me to tell others about you today. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that with us today and you're in our auditorium, would you please let us know before you leave today so we could celebrate that with you. And if you pray with us online today, please shoot me an email to pastor at warehousechurch.com. And I would love to reach out to you and send you a couple free um, a Bible and some, some, just some stuff about our church and about this new relationship with Jesus that you entered. And we want to celebrate with you. And I know everybody's happy that you made this decision this morning. And they're going to, if you're happy that folks online prayed with us today and asked Christ to come into their lives, would you give them a big little shout out or some hand clapping or some kind of emoji to let them know how much that you are excited for them in their new relationship with Jesus Christ. We'll call it a holy high five, if you will, okay? So anyway, let's partake of the Lord's elements together. Uh, the Bible tells us again in 1 Corinthians, uh, you could gather your elements together if you would right now. Uh, if you have one of these cups, peel the top of the cup off, and you'll, the first layer will be the bread, and then you'll peel it back again, and then it will be the juice that you could share with us this morning, okay? So the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 in verse number 23, for I received from the Lord, Paul said, that which I passed to you, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat together. You can take the cup out, peel back that second layer. And after he talked about his body, which was broken, doing this in remembrance of me, he says in verse 25, in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it to remember him. So let's drink from the cup together. I want to pray again, if you will, let me do that this morning with you. Father, we honor you as we remember your broken body and the blood that you spilt for us so that we could have forgiveness of sins. The pain that you endured, the unfair treatment that you endured is all stuff that should have happened to me because of my disobedience, stuff that we all deserve because of our sin. But you tell us in your word that God, your Father, demonstrated his love for us even though we were sinners. Christ died for us. We honor you. We thank you. We, 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 just, we just want to tell you, Lord Jesus, how much we love you today. And we pray, Lord, that our lives would be a living testimony. The unity of, in our church, the unity in our family would be an example of what you want it to be for your honor and glory so that others would come to you. We thank you for this time that we were able to share live and online communion. And we look forward to the day very, very, very soon when we'll all be together in the house having the Lord's Supper, a sacred, sacred time together. But we're so thankful for what we were able to do today with our family. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say it with me. Amen. So we're glad you're here today. Write that in the comment sign, if you will. Amen. I want to encourage you, church, uh, take a look 
at our announcements that are going to pop up as soon as I'm done talking. Everything that's going online this week from our online experiences with Kim and myself to Pastor Johnny with our youth ministry to our live meetings with our youth department this week to our interview on Saturday night, community time with Kelsey Gross and a new family, uh, uh, another family in our church. So much going on that we want to keep you connected to. We pray that you will stay connected, work hard to stay connected. And one great way you could stay connected, two great ways you could stay connected to the church is faithfulness in your giving. As Pastor Johnny talked about earlier, whether you're going to give online or bring it slash deliver it to the church, or you can even do it through text giving. All the things will be up at the end of the service on our announcement screen to show you how to do that. But you can also stay connected by very simply this huge, huge physical effort it takes you to do this. But either when you're done or go back to the beginning of this and scroll down that little crooked arrow that says share and share this message today on your Facebook and let's multiply this message by the hundreds if not thousands of all your friends that have the opportunity to hear about the Lord's Supper communion and what Jesus Christ did for us. We want to thank you for watching us today and we look forward to connecting with you all throughout the week right here with Warehouse Church. God bless you.